Welcome to season three of Bend the Podcast. Conversations to spark creativity, challenge beliefs, and disrupt what it means to be well. I'm Lillian. And I'm Deb. This season, we have some former guests sitting in the co-host chair. They're going to help expand our perspectives. Listen for some familiar voices. Our podcast is recorded on the unsurrendered and traditional territories of the Algonquin Anishinaabe people. We're really happy you're here today. Enjoy the conversation. All right, welcome to this edition of Ben the Podcast. We're really happy that you're joining the conversation today. So sitting in the co-host chair will be a familiar voice to many of you. She was our season closer um, in our first season, season one, Haley Bowes, and her episode was called Choosing You. If you haven't listened to it, go and give it a listen. It was a really lovely conversation that feels like a really long time ago, Haley, even though it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it feels really long and so much I feel like has happened since then. Um, I, uh, I loved doing that. That was my first um crack and opportunity to be on a podcast so it was really uh felt really good and um you gals made me feel really comfortable so mm-hmm. I was beyond excited to be asked to co-host I'm quite certain this is how the Ellens and the Oprahs of the world must feel <laughs> oh I love it I love it how about you tell us yeah. a bit about yourself Haley for people who don't don't know anything about you um, I'm Haley. I'm a counselor. I've been in private practice for about seven years, um, but I've uh, been doing social work for a long time. Um, I'm the owner of Aruma, which is a mental and emotional health collective. There's myself and four other psychotherapists on the team, and we serve children, youth, adults, uh, all within our community and beyond. And uh, I'm really honored to do the work. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to have you here with me today. And our <laughs> guest today, I'm going to do the intro, Rebecca Warden. Welcome to the podcast. Rebecca is a registered uh, psychotherapist and certified music therapist with 25 years of experience. She specializes in music psychotherapy and is excited about combining therapeutic approaches and elements of pre-recorded, pre-composed and improvised music. Rebecca began her private practice in Montreal and moved to Perth in 2002. She's worked in long-term care, day programs with, for people with mental and physical disabilities, schools, and more recently, community mental health settings. She has just completed her master's thesis about combining the narrative model with music psychotherapy. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Congratulations on completing your master's. That's a big deal. It feels like a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a huge weight off your shoulders? Oh, it's like night and day. I, we had the first, every, every course starts on a Wednesday and when's that first Wednesday of September rolled by. And I thought about having to log on and read all the assignments and, you know, search on my calendar for which days. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I can just forget about that. <laughs> it was a great feeling. Wonderful. How, how did you manage the workload of school and continuing your practice? It was really intense. Uh, I think it helped a lot that it was COVID, one of those COVID silver yeah. linings that yeah. we tentatively talk about um, in that I didn't have to say no to a lot. Um, yeah. which yeah. the first year and a half, I really, you know, I really did. I had to, um, 
well, my, my children are now teens. So mm -hmm. I had to say a lot of, I can't help you tonight or try this on your own, those kinds mm -hmm. of things. So yeah. It was intense for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge congratulations to you. That's amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons why we wanted to talk to you, Rebecca, is just the idea of music therapy and music psychotherapy. I don't, it's an area I don't know a ton about. I certainly, Haley and I were in prepping for the interview. We both realized we've been in workshops with you and, and you know, benefited from that and really enjoyed that. So we have an idea of certainly your skill and talent and passion, but um, maybe back us up and tell us how you got into music therapy. How did that, you know, 25 yeah. years ago? Yeah, well, for your local listeners, I actually was in high school with Brad Mills. And so in yeah. his grade 13 OAC class, he had a project of um, his uh, music students searching out people that work in the field, interview them or shadow them. And so I reached out to Nicola Audi and uh, watched her work. And she was working with a person who had Parkinson's and they were unable to speak at that time, but she brought a drum out and put it in between the two of them and uh, played the rhythm. And then she did it a couple times. And at the, the third time, he said two bits at the end of shave and haircut. And he said two bits. Mm. And so I was just so um, enamored with this idea that music really travels through different neural pathways mm -hmm. in our brain and can circumnavigate damaged areas and can find ways of giving people, like in that example, speech. Uh, but there are lots of examples that then I just discovered, you know, that um, motor movement is, it can be enhanced and, and of course, emotional and psychological health can be enhanced as well. So that was sort of my first aha moment of, oh, I really want to do this. And so, yeah, I went to um, Laurier. They have a, they had, they still have, sorry, a four-year bachelor program that I attended. And in, in music um, therapy, Rebecca, is that the, yeah. okay. Yeah. And actually now, you know, for anybody who's interested in uh, pursuing music therapy there, you can actually do your ma your bachelor in something else like psychology <laughs> or music, and then do your master's um, or, or even PhD, um, especially at Concordia and Laurier and UBC. I think um, those <laughs> three universities offer that. So yeah, it was a four-year program at the time. And I yeah. Wow, very cool. Interesting, hey, how um, an assignment like that or exposure like that at a, you know, late teens, adolescence can have such an impact. Look, it's yeah, that's so true. It's almost like I was just searching for the right thing. And that just sort of fell, fell right in my lap or, you know, that one of those moments of this is the perfect path and I'm yeah. going to jump in. Music must have impacted you uh, at a younger age too, Rebecca, you must have um, yeah. my mother's very musical so she mm -hmm. was always uh, singing back and forth to us as little kids mm -hmm. and she was an, she is a or was a piano teacher at the time she still plays the piano of course and loves to sing and so that was a big impact I also um, grew up in the church actually my dad was an Anglican minister and so oh, oh okay he, yeah I was just surrounded by choral music all mm -hmm. the time <laughs> and uh yeah really influenced by uh, 
classical composers and, mm. and the sound of classical music. Mm. Mm. Gonna, what were some of your influences? Yeah, musically? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, musically, my influences, I think, well, the teachers I had, uh, you know, I, I took piano lessons and, um, and then learned guitar in university. And uh, clarinet was actually the primary instrument that, that mm -hmm. brought me into university. And so, yeah, just being really excited about Benny Goodman and just listening to jazz. I really, really sunk my teeth into jazz in, uh, in mm -hmm. my twenties or late teens and twenties. Um, and then, yeah, singing was always a big part of it too. I, I got to join a, a jazz group at Laurier and, you know, there were six of us, I think, and we, it was a cappella, So we all sang without instruments and just, you know, holding your own part and creating these incredible uh, pieces and mm -hmm. singing them for people. It was really intoxicating, actually. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet. There's nothing more, just listening to somebody, a group of people sing a cappella and just that chemistry, right? And yeah, I can imagine that performing in that way would be intoxicating is mm -hmm. a really good word. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to experience that, I know for myself, um, music uh, is one of my my things, I guess I would call my my go tos, my coping mechanism. So when when COVID happened, uh, my sort of outing more, or my escape, or when I feel most connected or authentically connected to myself is when I'm amongst live music. So I felt when COVID hit and that sort of got taken away. Uh, it was a huge, huge gap in my life. Um, so I'm sure that there's probably some people out there listening who felt the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just what you provide is a, is a big deal. It really is. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I right. agree. I think a lot of people felt that way, Haley. And there's like um, just a, an, an intoxication that happens as we are able to go and see live music as well, right? It's just this overwhelming sense mm. of emotion for sure at least it has been for me for sure absolutely um yeah. rebecca you, you were talking earlier about just the possibilities and how um you know the science behind how music therapy can be helpful can you dig into that a little bit more in terms of you know folks who maybe um i, I always think about music therapy in in relation to folks maybe with dementia but i know it's not just i know it's helpful in that field from what I in that in that situation but I know it's helpful in lots of different ways so could you talk about that a little bit so it's a really exciting time to be in the creative arts because the science is actually backing up a lot of what we've known for a long time in that um, the arts actually really encompass those strengthening of the neural pathways they can um, you know help lengthen an experience that's uh, positive. And so it, the, the science, there's a whole field of music therapy called neuromusic therapy. And those practitioners work within those goals of finding neural pathways that need reparation or that need extension time in those, um, in those experiences that are really positive or the, you know, the behavior or the goal that they want to get to. Anyway, so um, it, 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 we can look at the science and see that uh, music is a motivator, mm -hmm. but also it's a way of stimulating those emotions. Uh, 
So a really positive emotion can be lengthened and extended. So the cognitive behavioral therapy uh, practitioners are always looking for those core beliefs and then how to kind of debunk them and replace them with more positive core beliefs. And so if we make that connection that in music therapy, we can actually use the music to, um, to help those positive emotions mm -hmm. stick around, really you know, dig in, attach themselves with other memories or other movements mm -hmm. within your body. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there, it's just a really, um, it, it's a way of, it can be a motivator but it can also be the element that extends those positive experiences that you're, as a therapist, you're trying to extend or to deepen mm -hmm. or to um, highlight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're giving me chills. That's, that sounds really powerful. And it's almost as though, from what you're saying, the music helps facilitate a larger process. It does, um, for sure. There, and there's different ways to think about it too, or to actually like, um, actually be in the music. Some people really frame it as the music is the element of change. And so, and that happens when we get into improvising or Haley, like you were talking about being right in that live music. There's something that's happening there. That live music is actually like creating these, um, positive emotions and highlighting them for you right would you say <laughs> i i agree like for me um it's uh actually music is one of my my um sort of healing practices that i do for myself it's one of my self-care um techniques i do meditation um i see my own counselor I do massage therapy, things like that. But live music is uh, is one of them. And I'm, I make sure that's why COVID was so hard when it sort of that got taken away was uh, it left me um, spinning a little bit because uh, I really reconnect back to myself um, through music. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people do, um, especially people who aren't able to access music on their own, that, that you know, I spent the first um, large chunk of my career making sure that uh, people who weren't able to access music could access music yeah. through improvising and through singing and through you know, instrument playing. Um, and now I'm finding that I'm moving, as I finish the, my master's of counseling, I, I'm moving into an area where people can access their own style of music but want to deepen that experience and so you know try to tap into some of the emotions that are being lifted and highlighted what do you know what do, what is the message from them but also exploring imagery i'm really excited about uh, a certain path in music therapy that's called guided imagery in music um and so tell yeah us more, tell us more about that yeah what's yeah. that so in the 70s, Helen Bonney, who was a music therapist, she worked in the Maryland Institute of Psychiatric Research. Mm -hmm. And she was, it was actually in the days where they were testing LSD. And so mm -hmm. people with depression or anxiety would be given LSD. And she was tasked with putting together classical music um, background that would carry them gently up to uh, a peak. Mm -hmm 
and then down again very gently and it would they would last like seven hours these trips wow. so yeah so it, you know history unfolds and people it becomes illegal <laughs> and uh but they ask her to stay on and create much shorter uh, musical compilations so helen bonnie created um several i think yeah in the in the in the hundreds now um of these compiled music uh, moments that last about an hour she takes several different clips and has put them together and they stimulate imagery. And so I, I learned about this in the 90s and kind of thought, oh, classical music, it's never, you know, it's not really relevant. <laughs> Even though I loved it, I didn't think it was going to be relevant for other people. Yeah. But um, then I went to some training, some cognitive behavioral therapy training about five years ago in Ottawa. And on the second day, um, it was several weeks long. And on the second um, training day, she said, okay, today we're going to do imagery. And I was like, what? Wait, <laughs> what? My worlds are colliding here. And she was using, and, and CBT therapists use imagery to, um, you know, really come up against those hard fears that people hold. So instead of jumping into exposure therapy, they actually will, you know, start with some imagery. And I'm sure you guys have done this where, you know, you talk about, oh, um, I'm really, I'm too scared to talk to my boss about a raise. I could never do it. And so your therapist says, all oh, right, let's take some deep breaths, close your mm -hmm. eyes, imagine the door of your um, mm -hmm. boss's office. Imagine turning the handle. What's the lighting like in the office? What do, what do you say to your boss? And so they use imagery to sort of step up to this exposure therapy idea. And so all of a sudden, all the lights went on for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, imagery is where it's at. It is powerful. It is relevant. And I'm going to dig in and find out, do the training for this guided imagery and music. And so I really found this whole avenue of work that um, encourages people to dig into their creativity and to explore the imagery that has really powerful messages um, mm -hmm. in their own life and, and in their own healing. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's, it's a long process. I, it, for me, it was divided by COVID and I, mm -hmm. I, I haven't, I'm, haven't finished the training, but uh, I'm excited to continue. Oh. How unique. I'm just, just, I do a lot of my work um, uh, is centered around uh, trauma uh, mm -hmm. healing. And what do you know, Rebecca, or what can you tell us about the impact or the effect on music on healing trauma? Yeah. So, I mean, the, um, the interesting part about this approach, uh, guided imagery in music, is that it's really based, it's very person-centered, so it's very Rogerian, but it's also based on Jung's work with um, very, you know, iconic and metaphor, metaphorical imagery. Mm -hmm. And so um, often when we have imagery to these classical pieces, a lot of the imagery is very similar or it has like very, mm -hmm. Um, similar themes. And so for, for, I'll just give an example, a personal example, some very healing imagery around um, birds taking flight, like actually 
being the bird that's flying in the sky, those kinds of like letting go of any worries and anxieties. Mm -hmm. And so the music is able to, like we were talking before, it's able to extend these moments of incredible Uh triumph, incredible like um, release from tension, um, those moments of calm. And it's very, it is very healing. You know, those, when we look at that science again about those, those neural pathways that um, we want to circumnavigate and get to neural pathways that are positive mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, accentuate self-esteem and accentuate mm-hmm. uh, feeling peaceful and calm. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what the process is able yeah. to do. Yeah. Really go hand in hand very nicely on someone, uh, you know, offering the music therapy with someone doing some real trauma work It'd be very beneficial. Hmm. When I think that was a great question, Haley. When I think about trauma, yeah. so much of it we hold in our bodies, right? And so as you're describing the process, Rebecca, about feeling the music in your body as well or releasing some of that, I, I, I can only imagine that that's really, um, yeah, the, the, that marriage of those two could be really helpful for people. Not everybody can access it through, um, through words. Through yeah, absolutely. So I really like that a lot, especially for when I work with young children mm-hmm. uh, who've experienced severe trauma. I, I think uh, music is, I, ha- I had an experience where I attended a sound bath and you're probably familiar with those, Rebecca. Um, uh, they had like crystal singing bowls and, and uh, um, she was singing and I had like a really sort of this spiritual experience that it, I, I wasn't, we were all laying down on yoga mats and it was just lovely, but it sort of hit something in me. And I actually wept through the whole thing. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That does sound really powerful. I wasn't expecting that. So Mm. uh, yeah, I really, really love the work you do. That's amazing. Mm. It's oh sorry go ahead go ahead I was just gonna say um can you walk us through what the guided imagery is like what it looks like in practice yeah in fact I um can set up a demonstration if you think it's a that good would be idea. really cool yeah I think that people would because it's one thing to talk about it but for people to kind of have a context it's really helpful yeah I would just say if your listeners are driving they should pull over okay or <laughs> they should pause and listen to it when they're not driving their vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'll, actually I'll explain first, that would make more sense. I'll explain it, um, the process. It'll be different because um, you know, we're not in person. So in person, I would have a, uh, the person lie down on a massage table or uh, a couch after we've talked about their presenting concern. So something, you know, maybe 10 minutes about what they've, you know, what they want to focus on. So it's very, you know, that's the person-centered element. So I'd have the person lie down and then um, ha- bring them down into a very deep state of consciousness. So there's just that, that moment just before you fall asleep. So I, you know, do that body scan relaxation with the person. And then I introduce some imagery. So uh, suggest some imagery in front of their mind's eye. And it would just be sort of maybe something we talked about or uh, some, something I, I know that they enjoy or that they want to explore. And then I'd play the music and allow them to tell me where the music is transporting them or what they 
our imaging. And, and uh, so it would be a bit different today in that I'll just sort of talk through it. And uh, I brought a very short piece of music. So mm. if, if we were meeting in person, it would be about an hour, but today it's like three minutes. <laughs> so. And should we do it with our eyes opened or closed, Rebecca? What do you suggest? Oh, I think if you're comfortable, I, I think you would close your eyes and just mm -hmm. enjoy the experience. And then, you, yeah, and then we can see what it was like for you. So take a moment to relax into your chair. Feel your feet sink into the floor. Allow your body to become heavy in the chair. Let your hands rest, open palm to the sky or ceiling. And let your breath come naturally in and out. And in front of your mind's eye, imagine a beautiful white light. And the light bathes your body you notice a sense of creativity, a sense of wonder. And in front of your mind's eye again, the white light shimmers and turns into a door. You open the door and you find yourself in an interesting shop. And the music will join us here. And you notice something interesting on a shelf just in front of you. wonder, a 
it been with you all along? Is it something you've always had? Music ends. Allow your eyes to flutter open and rejoin our space here. Oh, wow. Oh, Rebecca. <laughs> our co host supposed to get emotional. <laughs> what was, that was that a like? What did, yeah, tell me what it was like. Uh, for me, I'm um, not what I expected. Um, I, <laughs> my, the thing I picked up was my, my children when they were babies. Hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I actually tried to keep looking because I'm a rule follower. So you kept saying the thing and the end, but I kept feeling like I was doing something wrong, but it kept bringing me right back to them as yeah it was beautiful that was beautiful Rebecca I think made beautiful with your skill you were really good Mm -hmm. at that and I found when the music started my whole body like I just relaxed uh, yeah I had this um visceral response in my Mm -hmm. body chills but also just and I wasn't expecting that I've never heard this piece of music before and yeah, I, I meditate as well. I, you know, sometimes I have cool responses in my body, but not like that. That was really, that was lovely. I'm so glad because I, you know, it's such a short uh, demonstration and mm-hmm. uh, I really, I'm, I'm glad that it captured a little bit mm-hmm. of what, what can happen for. It made me want to come lay on your table for an hour. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> an hour. Can you imagine an hour? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very transformative, absolutely. And you know, that that idea that we hold within us, mm-hmm. the things that we need and the and the healing that we need are really, <laughs> that really resonates with me. And so yeah. to help people find that, or to even, you know, that um, that metaphor of holding the flashlight for somebody, it just, it rings true for me so, so deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really I hold it. Imagine. Sorry, Haley, go ahead. Yeah, just really holding space for, I always refer to it as holding space for people, you know? What a what a beautiful way to hold space for people too. Yeah. yeah. To actualize their own healing through music. That's just, yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing for me. It's right. powerful. Rebecca, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, um, I'm wondering, um, people are listening and they're thinking, wow, should I? should I try music therapy? Like what, what would you say? I mean, Haley and I do lots of different kinds of work in the counseling that we do. We don't do what you do. Um, no. Why, why, 
should people seek out music therapy? For some reason, my own bias thought it was a specific kind of treatment for, like I said, dementia, not just dementia, but maybe um, neurological issues. So tell yeah. us, yeah. tell us, oh, do you have the same opinion, Haley? Do you know, or did well, you know yeah. about it? Okay, well, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I'm just going to flat out say it. Like, if you can't speak, if you can't speak, then you need music therapy. Yeah, but, there's some really obvious links, aren't right? there? Yes, absolutely. And I think the interesting, um, I mean, another interesting uh, part of my journey has been this melding with narrative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just discovered it kind of last year when I was writing a paper about it in one of the classes and the use of metaphors and, and how we tell the story of our lives really dictates our experience. You know, mm -hmm. if we if we walk around telling that, you know, all the negative stories about our experience, that's how we're going to feel. That's how we're going to experience the world. And so to be able to shift that narrative is really powerful. And I, I feel like that's what exactly what we do in music therapy is use um, the music or instruments or our voice as a metaphor for a lot of things, for our a storyline for an emotion, for thoughts. And mm -hmm. so to be able to have that metaphor and it's externalized automatically by using the music. And so it, it creates that separation between self and experience to show you that you have a lot more power than you actually think or know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I always say like, if, you, if you're feeling stuck with traditional therapy, you might wanna consider a creative arts approach. And just to gain that uh, an added perspective or um, additional way of experiencing your presenting concern, what you're worried about or what you want to talk about. So that's sort of my one liner, my uh, elevator. <laughs> I think we're really fortunate um, as a society to have so many healing modalities to choose from. And um, I'm glad I got asked to co-host this because um, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm having the aha now, but I think I've been using music as therapy for a long time. And I just, I just, yeah, I just really, really, I'm glad I got to chat with you and yeah. we'll certainly be recommending that for people. I, I think just another avenue um, for people to access, right? Right. And we talk with friends and with, um, you know, parents or we never say, oh, I wouldn't go to a talk therapist because I can talk to my friends. Right. Like we just don't ever say that. <laughs> or yep. if people do, we want to set them straight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so it's I feel like it's the same for music. Right. Like if yeah. you can access your own music, but if you went to um, dig into music therapy, it might uncover a whole world that or a whole perspective that you hadn't sort of considered. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Rebecca, who are your, is there a typical client? Is there an age range? Is there a, you know, do you work mostly? Yeah. Who do you work with? Yeah. Right now. So right now I work with anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm now working at Jewish family services in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So people can reach me that way. Um, I have a day with Lanark County mental health and that's just sort of coming together, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would, I don't have any age restrictions or ability restrictions or 
anything like that. Well, very cool. So with kids or adolescents, adults, seniors, you, you do, you would see anybody who, who is choosing to come. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. Um, that's often a barrier. Sometimes people, you know, they don't see kids or they don't see teens, right. particularly most people. Yeah. I don't hear too many people saying they don't see adults, but some people do. They do exclusively right. kids for sure. Um, how do people, how can they find you if they want more information or they want to, you know, find out more? Yeah, I have um, a website that's mm-hmm. Sound Unbound. It's called Sound Unbound. You, if yep. you search that, it'll come up or search my name, it should come up. And uh, I have an email address. People can reach me at warden.rebecca at gmail.com. Yeah. And on the website, they would they would um, find that info. That's a lovely website name, Sound Unbound. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the whole idea of, um, of music therapy is just... Oh, letting go your sound, let it go, let it out there. <laughs> of course, of course. I before we ask you about wellness and what it means to you, um, tell me how how doing this work virtually, which a lot of us are doing, how has that been a challenge, or how has that presented for you? Yeah. So um, Nicola and Audie and I, it, we, uh, who I mentioned previously as observing, um, she is really active in our community as well as a music therapist. And we wrote a little paper about our experience and just noting that, you know, the world kind of labeled singing as deadly. Uh, There was one example of a choir in in New York, I think it was, that uh, passed COVID around really fast. I hadn't even thought of that connection. Yeah. Yeah. So it shut down a lot of my work on March 13th. 2020, I will never forget. I received, you know, four or five emails that shut everything down. And um, we're still not allowed to sing together without a mask, you know, side by side. So it's, it is, it, it has been a really big journey for me. It, it was completely devastating at the beginning. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, things aren't back to normal. That's for sure, as everybody knows. Um, and I tried doing uh, online music therapy. I, I don't, I didn't have a lot of success with it. There are a lot of music therapists doing great work online, but um, I'm really uh, excited that we are now, you know, allowed to meet back in person Mm -hmm. and just sort of using what we are allowed to do. So a lot of instrument work, um, playing recorded music together to talk about that. Um, yeah, so I'm focusing on the things that I can do in person right now. Of course, of course. Yeah, how devastating it must have been for you and other, not only therapists, but you who, you know, music is such a part of your life and a part of who you are to not be able to be in community because a lot of it is that and yeah. sing, right? And uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it will sort of forever stick out as the day the music died for me March 13th 2020 it was really oh oh sad yeah. that I know wow. sorry that was it was big though it was oh. really big for for the music world and it still is yeah there's, yeah um, yeah I thought of uh, uh fellow musician friends and uh, my heart really really broke for them um yeah. you know throughout throughout this time yeah it was really really sad yeah really I'm, I'm happy to hear, though, that certainly the music music is coming alive again, but certainly in your work, you're able to see people in person and 
do that work yet because I think there's some kinds of um, therapy that translate really well virtually and some that don't right and it depends on you know the therapist and their comfort and the, the yeah. yeah like I said a lot of a lot of music therapists are doing a really great job of doing online work I'm just I really love in-person stuff so I'm hanging in for that <laughs> good for you um Sorry, were you going to say something, Haley? Did I interrupt you? No, I agree. I, I think the in-person stuff is, uh, I think virtual has its place and it's worked, but that that in-person, that connection you get to make with people when you're doing that kind of work is just nothing beats it, you know? And I just love, uh, I love, Deb, that you are doing this podcast. And again, we're put, you're putting it out there another form and another modality of therapy that people can access and I just that's so important to me yeah. uh, well I think it's important to just have conversations about this right and I I'm I, I you know Lillian and I choose these topics because we're interested in them and we don't know much about them or you know people are asking us or we want to stretch or disrupt or you know really challenge our own ideas so that's that's part of it and I yeah I so appreciate both of your contributions to the the work in our community you know it's 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 kind of cool to be in a room with two other women doing this work so that's that's such an honor today yeah yeah, yeah. thank you so much deb for that chance to speak about it too that's really yeah. important i'm sure it's just the, it's kind of just the beginning people will have a lot a lot of questions probably and maybe we'll have to have you on again rebecca but before we let you go tell us what wellness means to you have you thought about that yeah, I think keeping everything in balance is really um, what wellness is. I mean, especially a lot of people can say this, of course, but living through COVID, right? Having everything I knew as a musician, as a music therapist, having it all end indefinitely. That's what, you know, mm -hmm. the emails that I received sort of said, we no longer require your services indefinitely. And that yeah. was like one or two lines. And it and was just, you know, you really have to, shake it up. You really have to look at your life and say, okay, what, what was, what was I doing? <laughs> what, what do I want to do? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think keeping things in balance, I'd spent the year attaching to nature and saying, okay, this is the season I'm in. These are the things that my body can move and do at this time and really digging into those basic enjoy if, if moments of enjoyment in nature mm -hmm. and uh, and that helped me keep balance throughout this mm -hmm. time of everything I know is completely mm -hmm. different so for well uh, wellness for me I think is really getting everything in uh, trying to keep balance it's a it's a work in in motion <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah no kidding I like the context you give that as well just yeah, you were completely thrown off balance in mm -hmm. March of 2020, as you Absolutely. said. And yeah, yeah, the perspective is important. I love that. I'm so curious, um, Deb, though, what did you find in the store? What was in your uh, your shop, your on your shelf? You know what? I was really in the moment. And like Haley, a bit of a rule follower. And I, you know, I was going on my own narrative thinking, what am I, am I supposed to know? Like, come back to the thing. And I was thinking more philosophically, um, you know. Yeah a self-discovery like Haley was talking about there was yeah. nothing specific because I it kind of came to me that oh it's not like that shiny candle 
<laughs> or maybe it is, but it's not, it's, it's something bigger. And I don't, I might have to think about it a little bit more because I haven't kind of quantified or described what that was, but it's certainly my body felt it, which is really yeah. interesting. Sometimes, as you said, Haley, sometimes yeah. the words aren't there, but the body knows, right? So <laughs> that's a really good question. I'm going to have to think about that when I meditate later. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, that's the magic of metaphor, isn't it? It can pack a, a, a par several paragraphs into one image mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and music really can elicit that metaphor and, mm -hmm. and be the metaphor sometimes. And it's interesting, you're just leaving me thinking about when I meditate, sometimes I have a guided meditation, it's just someone's voice, sometimes I just do it myself. I rarely do it to music, because a part of me feels like... Um, that would be a whole other sensation, but I'm thinking, what, what, of course, <laughs> you know, that, that, so you've opened up a whole new, and sometimes when there are certain guided meditations with music, it irritates me. I just like, it's just finding maybe the right, the Absolutely. right one. So, or maybe a piece of music that I really like. Yeah. The rest mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I mentioned that that was Debussy's The Girl with the Flaxen, uh, flaxen Hair. If oh, you thank you. I was, I meant to ask you. That's a beautiful mm -hmm. piece of music. Yeah. yeah. You can look it up and, and listen to it tonight. <laughs> I, I just might. Maybe it'll take me out of places. Oh, Rebecca, this has been such a pleasure. Um, I oh, think our too. listeners are going to have you. a lot of, a lot of questions and maybe, you know, they'll, we'll figure out, we'll mention how they can reach out to you. Sound on um, sound. I love that. I love the power of your website name, but also just the larger theme, you know, that's a beautiful yeah, term. Absolutely so nice uh, to be included thanks again and now I sort of feel like I have this extra extra tool in my tool belt to be able to offer uh people I work with just another form of healing so that's that's special I mean I, I actually like feel like I can speak about it now you know and I know a little yeah and I'm always referring people all over the place when I don't have space or when I it's not something that I can you know work with mm -hmm. for lots of reasons and yeah I will definitely yeah. add you to my list Rebecca I'm really excited to share what you do with people mm -hmm. well thank you so much for having me on it's such a treat yeah and 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 Haley thank you this has been really oh my you're a pro you're a pro we'll have to do this again well like I said at the beginning, this is truly what the Ellens and the Oprahs must feel like of the world. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to let my ego ride this one out for the rest of the night. Everybody starts somewhere. I love it. Yeah. I feel very, very popular right now. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I might be the only one feeling that way, but that's okay with me. We'll ride that wave. That feels good. That feels good. Thank you to the three, two of you, the three of us. It's been a pleasure. And um, I'll look forward to sharing this episode with everyone. Sounds good. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bend the Podcast is a production of Bend Wellness. For more information, check out our website, bendwellness.org. Thanks for listening.